From Grangeville to Lapway, we've got your District 2 breakdown right here on the Palouse PrepCast with Garrison Hardy. That's right. It's another edition of the Palouse PrepCast here on IdahoSports.com, talking everything in District 2 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey and Garrison Hardy, the only two guys left on the planet who use Android phones. Am I right, Garrison? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the guys at my company love uh, love giving me a hard time about that. So. <laughs> I, I saw that on social media and I, I was cracking up because I know the pain. All right. I'm not, <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> I'm not ready to switch Android over tonight. Right. I'm not ready to switch over to the dark side yet being Apple. Well, here's my thing, Brandon. I have no problem making the switch over to Apple. I think they have great products, whatever. But every time I think I'm up for a new phone and think about making the switch, Android comes out and says, well, we'll give you uh, 300 dollars off of blah 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 and i switched them so that's my whole thing nothing against apple uh so i'll, I'll stick with android as long as they keep giving me money <laughs> my, biggest, my biggest problem with apple is is they're not user friendly with anything else if you're if you're if you go with apple you're in for a penny you're in for a pound you you're pretty much stuck with apple everything from there on out right so. right whole whole switch and uh yeah uh, folks forget the matchups and whatnot let's talk about <laughs> Not no. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's. Yeah, thank you for directing me back on track here. I can get off on tangents sometimes. So, All right, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, yeah, Garrison Hardy is the the guy I'm talking to. Uh, friendly reminder: you can get this podcast a number of ways. You can get the audio only uh, at idahosports.com. That's our website across the top of the homepage. There's the drop down menu with all the prep casts. You kick, you uh, click on the Palouse prep cast and it's right there for you. You can also download this podcast wherever you download your podcasts, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify. I have an Android phone. So the app I use, it's called podcast addict. That's where I download all of my podcasts for Android users. Wherever you download your podcasts, you can get the audio there. You can also watch the video each and every week on the IdahoSports.com uh, Facebook page as well as our YouTube channel. So uh, it was a busy week for you last week, Garrison. Uh, you did the double dip, as we talked about on last week's PrepCast. You, you had two games. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we first started things off down in Lewiston for some 5A action with uh, Lewiston taking on the CUNA Cavemen. Still love that name. And uh, uh, CUNA, obviously, we talked about them having to make the trip up from Boise all the way up to Lewiston to play that game. Uh, and, uh, you know, early on, both teams had a little bit of jet lag, almost, uh, both off. And, and th that's this to be expected early on in the season. Uh, offense is a little bit harder to get in rhythm uh, compared to defense. Defense, you just got to line up. Uh, do your job and then hit somebody that that's that's defense for you so defense is always start a little bit ahead on all saw first couple of drives both offenses stalled out uh give credit to defenses too but uh, it took maybe a quarter or so for things to really get going and then as far as that second game uh, yeah we were out in logos uh, of moscow idaho for logos's first ever varsity game so that was a it was a really cool weekend for jason and i yeah, it was an exciting time. So, yes, Lewiston got the victory over CUNA in kind of like last year. They Both teams kind of lit up the scoreboard, 49-31 to 31 the final. What what were your impressions of Lewiston coming out of the gate? Well, I thought Lewiston played great both sides of the ball. But uh, the, the, the thing that 
we talked about leading up to that Lewiston's offensive slash defensive line, and they really paid off in dividends. Uh, you know, they were able to control the line of scrimmage for much of that game. So CUNA really wanted to establish the run game, but they had to stick to the shotgun a lot of the time and try to throw the ball over the top, which, you know, they've done that in the past. So the, I think the guys on the team have some uh, are accustomed to that play style, but they have been, trying to establish a bit of a run game. They weren't really able to do much of that against Lewiston because uh, every time they did, there were a couple of Bengals in the backfield really mucking some stuff up. So Lewiston did a great job offensively. Again, took a little bit of time for it to get going, but uh, they, they were really able to explode early in the second half. The only thing that uh, I'm sure Coach Pankary and the rest of his staff will be trying to work on is the ability to kill games. Uh, they they were ahead 49 to 21, I think, at one point, or maybe it was 49 to 14. And uh, CUNA was able to fight the final line 49 to 31. So uh, they were CUNA was able to force some fumbles here and there, and uh, they showed a real fighting spirit. Uh, and uh, so uh, Pankary. He told he was up in the press box towards the after the game, and he said, "Yeah, the the, the heart rate got going a little bit uh, as Cuna cut it to an 18 point lead." So uh, for Lewiston, the my my impression is, uh, you know, great firepower on offense, smart coaching, tough defense, but they got to kill games. Yeah, I was curious as to how Cuna was able to come back in that game because Lewiston did jump out to such a large lead. But okay, it sounds like they gave the ball away a couple of times, and yeah, they'll definitely want to clean that up as they head into a tougher competition down the line. CUNA, we think, is still going to be maybe a middle-of-the-pack team in, in the uh, 5A SIC. All right, Logos played on Saturday. Uh, can we start with the backdrop of the field? I don't know that visually there's anything like it in the state of Idaho. Uh, kind of describe, and people saw it if they watched the broadcast on Saturday, but kind of describe it to, to our audience. My dad kind of some it up perfectly he texted me midway through the game field of dreams and he was he was kind of right uh the with the backdrop was essentially uh these rolling wheat fields uh to the game so we were playing out in the middle of the the rolling hills of the palouse a great setting and then of course off to the left you have the beautiful moscow mountains which by the way the uh, fire crews are finally starting to get the uh fire up here under control. So thank goodness for them and their, their service for that. Um, shout out to them. But in any case, the backdrop is gorgeous. Um, the, uh, the, the weather was perfect other than uh, I'm sure people heard me commentating. Yeah, it's a little bit hot out here, which it was, it was 80, 85 degrees. But after a period of time that, that really started to kick in. So uh, credit to the players for for fighting through the the heat. Cause with the pads on it, yeah, it's uh, kind of a double-edged sword, right? There's where they're playing that field. There's no lights, so they have to play afternoon games typically when it's hottest, uh, and it's going to be. But but on the other side, a lot of Saturday afternoons, which allows us to go broadcast on IdahoSports.com. You can do a, a Lewiston game Friday night and then a Logos game Saturday. It actually works out pretty well. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, for for Jason and I, I mean, more high school football, the better. So. Uh, no complaints here, uh, except uh, this coming week, which you and I will talk about uh, later on. Uh, Lewiston actually plays a Saturday game, interestingly enough. So we'll be down in Lewiston once again uh, as they take on Madison. Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a fun matchup for sure. So yeah, let's talk about Logos. I think coming in, people weren't sure 
what to think of the Knights. You know, they had played JV football, of course, but this was their first varsity contest. And they ended up actually impressing pretty significantly. Um, what was the final score of that game again? F- 58 to 26 over Timberline from Weipen. And that, to me at least, was pretty eye opening. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I, I just, we talked about that going in with, you know, Logos had experience and they had some upperclassmen, but it was on the J, JV level. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know how that was going to translate to the varsity side of things, especially against some pretty stiff competition at uh, a school that is hoping it has playoff aspirations and has guys back from that last year's team that went to the playoffs. So we didn't really know what we were going to get. Uh, but when I got out to the field and started setting up and saw the Logos team practicing, I thought, okay, they've got some athletes and uh, the roster size as well, I think played a, a played paid dividends into this game just because Logos, their roster probably doubled that of we uh, Timberline out of we um, and, you know, uh, conditioning definitely came in handy for Logos. They looked fit, ready to go. That's not a knock against Timberline as they just had a smaller team uh, and they've got to play both ways all the time, which can be tough, especially in hot conditions. But uh, to kind of circle back to Logos, that these, uh, some of those kids had never played football before and they they just went out there and executed very well the first two drives so they go down and score their first ever varsity drive they score jump on the board eight nothing and then on the kickoff uh they kick it right at timberline's front line they muff it uh logos gets it back and goes down and scores again jason and i are looking at each other (laughs) are we sure these guys haven't played varsity football before is it's 16 to nothing just like that and timberline would come make a bit of a push uh, but all in all logos was pretty firmly in control from the outset yeah so it was a nice way to start for them one and oh start to the year it was kind of a mixed bag in terms of the white pine league over the weekend you know a lot of the teams were competing at the eight-man classic in middleton and i think the conversation as as it always does has to start with prairie they played glens ferry at the eight-man classic and looked pretty good winning 48 to 14. I mean, what can you say? Prairie's just got so many weapons on offense and they always put them in positions to succeed. And we saw that again right there. Uh, however, uh, you know, Glenn, Glenn's Ferry should, I guess, come away with that thinking, hey, we we held them to 48 because last year there were five or six games that I mentioned that they scored over 60. So this is a team that knows how to score. This is a team that plays tough defense too. I, I mean, they, they've held numerous opponents to very low numbers. And, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, I'm not surprised by that score line. But Glens Ferry at all, they, they fought. Uh, but the Prairie is just a machine. And it's a, they're a team that, once again, everybody's going to have to look out for on the White Pine. Yep. And, and yeah, defense is the name of the game in eight man football. If you can keep a team to 14 points here, you're, you're doing all right. You're doing very well. Okay. Right. The the team that was picked second in the preseason coaches poll was Clearwater Valley over in Kuski. And they were also competing at the eight man classic. Now they had to play raft river, which was the one a D one runner up from a year ago. And just as an aside, I have, I have selected raft river as my favorite to win the one a D one state championship this year. I know that's going to upset the Prairie fans up North. I think Prairie is a very close number two, and I would love to see Prairie and raft river 
meet up because I think that would be a fantastic matchup. But for now, I've got Rapid River slightly ahead of Prairie. They were more than slightly ahead of Clearwater Valley. They shut out the Rams 49 to nothing. And I was surprised because you and I, I think both thought that Clearwater Valley was ready to take that next step at the state level. And this game, obviously very tough, but what, what do you make of that? Well, you know, it, it's tough to uh, entire season off of just week one, you know, but it, opening game jitters and whatnot, but Still, you and I thought Clearwater was uh, going to be a threat when it came to the White Pine and uh, all of D1 and whatnot. So for them to get smashed like that by uh, by your championship selection, which you know makes you look pretty smart right now, <laughs> um, that uh, that is an eye opener for sure. Uh, I still think Clearwater is going to go on to have just a, a, a solid, successful season, and they're still going to make plenty of noise in the White Pine. Uh, it's definitely going to get, you know, some losses like that aren't always a bad thing. Uh, if anything, it gives the coaching staff, okay, here are the areas that we really need to clean up. And sometimes it wakes the players up. Maybe maybe they've been hearing the media and you know fans talk about them as, oh, Clearwater is going to be a big-time threat this year. Uh, and uh, maybe they kind of waltz into that game and it would be just off their skill and whatnot alone. But uh, that that certainly not didn't pan out that way. So maybe it's a wake up call for them, some cold water in the face and uh, dust yourself off, get back up and get ready for week two. Um, and if they get a couple wins under the belt after that, they'll be fine. And again, it could be a good experience in the long haul. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I think Clearwater Valley is still going to have a, a great regular season record. They're going to be in the playoffs. They'll be in the mix. It's just that question of, okay, are they ready to compete with the the upper crust? And and by the time the playoffs roll around, you know, maybe they'll be a little more seasoned. That's just a tough way to start out of the gate. The third team from right. the White Pine that was competing at the eight-man classic was Lapway, and they were picked third in the preseason coaches poll. And, you know, not much was known about them coming into the season. You know, they, they've always been a pretty solid program. They, they always seem to be in the mix. And I got to tell you, Lapway, right out of the gate, having to play the defending 1AD1 state champs from a year ago, Oakley. Now, they lost 54-34, to 34, but Oakley scored a ton of points late. And that was actually a pretty close game through three quarters. And so I was really impressed with Lapway. And I think they their stock really rose because of that. It just goes to show how competitive the White Pine is. I mean, Lapway, you and I have talked about Lapway uh, quite a bit. And, you know, we always know they're athletes. It's just a question of uh, are they veterans like in the past or are they just a little bit more young and unseasoned? We're getting a little bit more of that variety this go around as far as football goes. But uh, Titus Yearout's a name that comes to mind. Yeah, as far as basketball, I got to see him play. He's a stud. So uh, I'm sure he's going to have just as much impact on the football side of things at wide receiver, wherever they line or wherever they line him up. He's just an athlete. Um, and that's just kind of Lapway's mantra, just a bunch of athletes. And uh, they're, they are highly su successful at whatever they do. Coaching staff, it sounds like, you know, put them up for success. Oakley, as, as I remember, they've got a pretty decent size roster so that you know i'm sure play too maybe conditioning wise because uh, lapway a little bit smaller in that regard but uh oakley um you know 
that that's a that's a pretty strong statement out of Lapway to go toe to toe with a team that took down Prairie and won the state title for one AD one last year. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, I, I misspoke and uh, Titus here out. He's he's uh, he's playing quarterback for uh, Lapway this year. Well, there you go. And, and he, <laughs> yeah, he and but he's such a threat um, running the ball that uh, at times. It, it's 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 not necessarily quarterback type numbers, but he's yeah he's a lethal threat back there for Lapway. The fourth team that was playing at the eight man classic is actually it was the only one AD two program at the event, and that was the Kendrick Tigers, and mm-hmm. they came out and played Lighthouse Christian, a one AD one school, and held on forty two to thirty six. Now, just like I said, that Lapway score was deceiving. This this score was deceiving as well because Lighthouse Christian. Uh, kind of hit on like co- a couple of just like fluke home run type plays right at the end of the first half. Otherwise, you know, the, the margin of victory is larger for Kendrick and for a team we think is going to go pretty far in the one AD two playoffs this year. That was a great start for um, their program. Absolutely. And for one, a, you know, for the smaller programs like Kendrick, especially with them, the question becomes, can you stay healthy? And that's what's tripped Kendrick up in the past. You know, we Jason and I have covered Kendrick versus Deary in the past, and we got to see Kendrick up close and personal. They just had so many talented players on that team. But towards the end of the year, one of them gets banged up, and it just changes the whole the whole playbook, essentially, uh, of what the coaching staff has built a- around certain players being in certain positions. Well, when you take one of those guys out of the equation, it really throws things off uh, when you're playing it, when you're talking about these smaller programs. So for me, uh, I'm not surprised to see this out of Kendrick just because of the talented players that they've had through their po- program in the past and the, the amount of points they're able to put up um you know the the rack up i'm not surprised the question is going to be for me can they sustain this as far as just being healthy and ready to go come playoff time yeah coach hobart does a great job with that kendrick program and yeah it'll be exciting to see how they look as we get to uh late october and putting the pieces together for what we think and hope is going to be a, a long playoff run okay you mentioned deary they weren't in action last week they fell to troy 36 to 18 I kind of thought coming into the season, you know, Deary had been the second best behind Kendrick the last couple of years. I, I think they might slip to third this year. I think Lewis County, the co-op with Nez Perce and Highland and cul-de-sac, I think they've got a good chance to jump ahead to that number two spot. They didn't play last week. Their opener is this week. Other scores that were of interest, Orofino went and played McCall Donnelly, a pretty tough 3A program, and were shut out 41 to nothing. I'm not sure that's really indicative one way or another of how the maniacs are going to be this year. Uh, and then, Oh, you know what? I, I misspoke. Lewis County did play uh, in the opening week. They lost to Lakeside in a pretty close game, 30 to 26 Lakeside actually scored mm-hmm. late in that contest uh, to, to come away with the win. So I, I still stand by my Lewis County comment Lakeside, of course uh, the district favorite over there in district one. And, and then the last game uh, that was on the schedule it's that Moscow versus Grangeville matchup, which is yep. kind of unusual because you you see a lot of times a school will play up a level or down a level, but very rarely do they jump two levels to play. And Grangeville's a 2A program. Moscow's a 4A. The Bears did win, but it was only by a score of 16 to 8, which I think bodes really well for Grangeville moving forward this year. 
Absolutely. And can I say that it bodes well for both? I mean, for yeah. Moscow, this is a this is a program that uh, has honestly been bullied a little bit by Asta, even though they're a two-way school. Grantsville punches up, so to speak. They have a fantastic program out there. They have talented kids. They've sent numerous kids up to the college level uh, to play football. So, so it, they're just a blue collared community that uh, plays football the right way. So um, it, when Grangeville would beat Moscow, uh, I really didn't see it as too big of an upset, even though as Moscow has more kids to pull from. But for Moscow to be able to, to, to beat them, I think that's something that they should hang their quality win that's a, against a quality program, albeit a smaller one. Um, so and, and for Moscow, too, you know, you had the questions uh, we talked about them before. Uh, the season kicked off. They had a, a lot of offensive firepower gone, both at the quarterback position and then at the tight end spot, who, by the way, is off to the University of Utah playing football. So the, the question was, they did have some pieces back, but it, how how were they going to respond? So for them to open up with a win against a solid Grangeville team, uh, I, I think uh, both teams you know, can come away from that matchup, even though it didn't go Grangeville's way to hold Moscow to 16 points, a team that likes to play vertically and throw the ball a lot is a good sign for your D on Moscow's side to hold Grangeville, a team that can get very tricky with the different formations they pull off and whatnot. Uh, I, I think uh, both teams can come away saying, hey, that was a good hard-fought game. On to the next one. Yeah, I think Moscow running back Isaiah Murphy is going to be a fun guy to keep an eye on this year. I, I think he's he's primed for for a big season at running back there for the Bears. So let's move ahead to this week's uh, slate of contests, specifically on IdahoSports.com. Garrison, you and Jason Hansen will be on the call. You mentioned it Saturday at 3 p.m. at Lewiston High as they host the Madison Bobcats from Rexburg. That is now... Hey, this is two home games in a row for the Bengals against two opponents that are having to make really long trips. Yeah, exactly. And now Lewiston has a win under their belt uh, coming in from CUNA. They saw some things that maybe they need to clean up from that game. All in all, offensively, they got the job done. Defensively, they showed up other than a few cheap you know, scores towards the end of that game where the ball was turned over in their territory and they were having to come back and pick up that way. Uh, so again, uh, yeah, if Lewiston can kill games, uh, I think they're going to be uh, actually a tough out. Uh, obviously, Coeur d'Alene's supposed, you know, the team that we've got to watch out for. But um, with this team, another team having to make a long trip, granted, this Madison team did pick up a pretty impressive win in week one, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 49-0. They're showing that they've got some firepower of their own. Why not go to Lewiston and, and uh, kind of put that on display? So uh, this could be a game where we have a lot of points on the board, both sides, uh, if that Lewiston defense uh, isn't able to maybe correct some things and uh, get ready to go. Yeah, I definitely think Lewiston should be favored coming into this game with Madison. The, the Bobcats, it's hard to tell on them still. They've got a new coach in Chandler Rhodes, and they played the final game at the Rocky Mountain Rumble this past Saturday. Madison, as the host school for the event, kind of got to pick their opponent, and they picked the mm. weakest opponent, Bear River from Utah, which is right there on that Utah-Idaho border. Um, so I'm not sure the win really indicates where they're at skill-wise yet now. 
we'll see against a really good Lewiston team where Madison actually matches up. But I think Lewiston definitely should be the favorite there. That's what I would pick if I were doing the picks. And speaking of picks, Garrison, on the homepage of IdahoSports.com, we have brought back our Gridiron Game Picks Contest where uh, the fans compete against you and I, the IdahoSports.com broadcasters and experts each week. We pick every single game throughout the state of Idaho, and whoever has the most picks correct by the time the week's over wins 25 bucks in cash. Hey, that's not too bad. That's some. That's that's kind of... That could go to your gas money right there. I mean, that, I'll, I'll take that. Um, but I really don't like this because it makes me look less smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. We're just kind of cannon fodder for the fan. But, hey, this is this is our chance to prove that we really do know what we're talking about. And it's the chance for the fans to say, yeah, those guys don't know too much. And um, regardless, it's a lot of fun. And we didn't right, do it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, sports.com regardless. Right. We always have a fun time. So, yeah, we didn't do it last year because of COVID-19. Everything was just thrown into chaos. So we said, you know, games were changing like day of. And so we're like, well, right. we'll, we'll bag it. And we waited a week this year just to make sure that COVID didn't rear its head again. And, you know, outside of a couple of games, you know, I heard uh, Timberline, we had to cancel their game against Kamii this week, which is unfortunate. Um, but But for the most part, we're able to proceed as normal. So we thought let's bring it back for week two. And so uh, get your picks in folks. You have until uh, seven o'clock Friday night. Just go to the homepage, idahosports.com. It's right there at the top uh, Gridiron game picks. Uh, if you've already got a profile, great. If not, it takes two seconds. Doesn't cost you anything. And, um, and then you fill out the picks and go from there and you might win. So it's nice to bring that back. Absolutely. And it's just another one of the great features we have here on IdahoSports.com. Not only can you watch games from across, you know, uh, statewide across the state of Idaho, uh, you can also compete in fun little uh, contests that we got going on like that and uh, get to know us, the staff, and uh, as well as uh, just to continue to build that community out. So I, I think that's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to giving it my best. It's it's tough sometimes when you're focused only on one certain district. You don't get to see all the nuance maybe of other districts across the state, but uh, I'm going to give it my go. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's why you need to tune into all of our prep casts. We'll cover every single area in depth. So uh, out there, fans, if you're watching or listening, uh, just tune into every single one of our eight prep casts we do each week. And through all of them, you'll be an expert on everything in the state of Idaho, guarantee it. So let's run through the, the rest of the schedule of games for this week. The, all the other games uh, are on Friday. So Moscow, we mentioned a 1-0 start. They're going to host Clarkston, Washington. That's always a fun rivalry matchup there. Um, and then when you drop down to the 2A level, Grangeville is traveling to Bonners Ferry, a 3A program. Grangeville still trying to get that first win of the season. Um, and then after that, it's it's a slate of 1A games. Logos, we talked about Garrison, a 1-0 start. We're going to find out real quick if they're legit or not as they take on Genesee. It'll be the Bulldogs' season opener. Uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, we got to chat a little bit with Coach Holloway after the game, uh, after their victory against Timberline. And uh, he said, yeah, this, this is really where we're going to see, you know, how we stack up against uh, some of the competition here in the white pine especially because genesee were it not for covid last year they probably would have been a playoff team 
Um, so it's incredibly unfortunate how that unfolded. And they still have that co-op agreement with Colton. So they do get some reinforcements as far as roster and whatnot there, which is big for eight-man football. As long as you've got some numbers to throw at the opposition, you may have a leg up sometimes. So uh, at Genesee, they have a proud tradition over uh, in over in Genesee. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the newcomers, who, albeit put on a very impressive display, showed that they have a little uh, a little bit more athleticism than maybe some gave them credit for. Uh, Coach Holloway and his staff did a fantastic job, and they have some, you know, uh, Rip uh, Craig, uh, one of the coaches over there, uh, I believe, uh, Skyler Craycraft is his name, I think. His brother, uh, a former WSU wide receiver, is playing for the 49ers right now. So he's got some, they've got some NFL influence over there, as well as uh, other coaches who have, you know, sons playing uh, at the college level at NC State currently. So this is a team who has, is coached by knowledgeable, uh, a knowledgeable coaching staff. They have some athletes. Uh, we'll see what, how they do against uh, Genesee, who, by the way, Justin Padrabski, this is going to be his first game with Genesee taking over. He was a former Idaho Vandal, so he's got his own knowledge cooking in this one. So this could be a very interesting chess match. Yeah, the White Pine League, of course, with eight teams, conference play starts like week two for some of the schools, right. so not much time. The other uh, White Pine League game taking place this week uh, will be a conference game as well. Potlatch will make their season opener hosting Troy, who got that win last week over Deary. Speaking of Deary, they will be hosting Lakeside in what should be a pretty fun matchup. You've got Kendrick hosting Kootenai, uh, and then you've got Lewis County traveling to Tri-Valley, a team that just got whitewashed in their season opener. And so for Lewis County, I think that's a great opportunity for them to bounce back and and get to 500 but uh a lighter schedule but it's still going to be a pretty fun one nonetheless absolutely yeah we always love broadcasting games down in uh down in lewiston and whatnot uh if you're speaking to district two that is we we have a lighter schedule <laughs> yes. yes yes um so we we always love going down to lewiston uh, and, uh, you know, coach pan Carey and his, uh, his wife always make sure Jason and I are taken care of up in the booth and, uh, it's a great setting. And, uh, we're looking forward to covering some more Bengal football and, um, it should, uh, again, uh, we talked Lewiston should be favored. So we're, it's interesting to see how they're going to follow up their opening week victory. Yeah, for sure. And real quick, uh, speaking of the Bengals, I want to give a shout out to the Lewiston volleyball team. They hosted the Judy Fong Memorial Tournament this past weekend and got all the way to the championship match of that tournament where they fell to Lake City. But uh, still coming in, Lewiston, I'm not sure was, uh, at least in my mind, you know, one of the they were a handful of teams that could compete. But for Lewiston to get to the championship and have a great showing there, I thought that was a big sign for for a Bengals volleyball program that wants to compete in the upper half of the IEL this year. So good, good job by the Lewiston volleyball team as well this past weekend. Yeah, and we talked about that uh, last week. It's a great way to see where you're stacking up going, you know, as far as a, an opening season kickoff. You get to play some really good competition like Lake City. So for Lewiston to get all the way there, that should be some pretty good momentum as they head into the, the meat of their schedule. Yeah, it's an exciting time, that's for sure. Cross country's off and going, soccer, volleyball, football, and well, we're here each week to break it all down for you on the Palouse PrepCast. That'll do it for this week's edition. Now, Garrison, you're going to be out next week, so we're going to have a special guest host coming in. 
to be determined who the guest host right. will be. But <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, uh, I'll see if I can can't get uh, my co-host on here, Jason. Uh, uh, see if he wants to share his knowledge or whatnot, or maybe uh, maybe you've got somebody in mind. So uh, tune in, folks. Should be a good one. Yeah, hopefully it's not a um, Don Mikowski, Brett Favre situation where you're Mikowski and you you miss one time and then Brett Favre comes in and never misses in 20 years. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm history. No, I, I, you got to do what you got to do. I get it. I won't be too bitter. <laughs> no, the uh, the seat the seat will uh, will be yours as soon as you get back. So uh, have fun next week on, on your week off, and uh, we'll we'll break every, everything down, and and we'll see you back here in two weeks. Sound good, Garrison? That sounds like a plan, Brandon. Uh, thanks so much. All right, don't forget uh, three o'clock Saturday afternoon, Lewiston hosting Madison on IdahoSports.com. Garrison Hardy and Jason Hansen will be on the call. That'll do it for this edition of the Palouse Prepcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we'll see you back here next week on IdahoSports.com.